Hey, hey, hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to the baseball preview episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, and the place to be. Happy Friday, folks. I know I didn't do an episode last week, but it's good to be back. This is the baseball preview extravaganza. I just finished recording with Ethan. It was a great, very long, but great conversation with Ethan about the 2022 baseball season. He's fired up. I'm fired up and I can't wait to hear you guys hear have you guys hear us talk about the baseball season upcoming. We were looking for a day to record and we got lucky folks. Today's Yankees Red Sox season opening game got rained out. They called it yesterday so we were able to record this afternoon and I think it came out great. So I'm looking forward to you guys hearing out. This is going to be it's going to be the bulk of the episode. Literally except for this intro and the little outro I recorded at the end, it's going to be all me and Ethan talking baseball. So if you don't want to listen to that, go find something else. If you don't want to listen to that, go do something else. But this podcast is going to be baseball heavy. Me and Ethan going division by division, award by award, predicting who wins and we give our World Series predictions. So, definitely don't want to miss that. But so that's coming up in just a minute. Before I do, I just want to very, very briefly touch on a couple sports stories that I might have missed from the week. First off, I am fired up that we are in the World Cup officially. Uh, you might remember the last time I recorded it was the day of the Mexico game for the U.S. men's national team. We drew it Azteca nil nil in that game. We went down to Orlando and we thumped Panama. Five to one, five to one, and uh, it was an ass kicking in, against the Panama against Panama and Orlando. So that was exciting. And then you know we lost to Costa Rica, but really all we had to do was not lose by six goals or more, and we were in the World Cup. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the USA is in the World Cup, baby. Let's go, let's go. I am fired up about that. Absolutely, one hundred percent jacked up about the U.S. Men's national team qualifying for the damn World Cup, baby! Woo! So let's. I just want to briefly break down our group. The draw was last Friday, uh, and we were drawn into Group B with England, Iran, and the winner of a playoff between Ukraine, Scotland, and Wales. Obviously, with Ukraine being involved, they can't really play right now for obvious reasons with the war and everything. So as of right now, we do not know who that fourth team is, but it will be either Ukraine, Wales, or Scotland. We know the other two teams are Iran and England. The first game for the U.S. is November 21st. Remember, this is a Winter World Cup. It's not in the summer. It's a Winter World Cup this year because it is in Qatar, which is stupid. I, I've been saying this since the day they announced it in 2010. This is the dumbest thing that has ever happened in the world of sports. To have a World Cup in Qatar. Qatar! Qatar's not even bigger than Connecticut, yo! It's smaller than Connecticut! And you're having a World Cup there? The biggest tournament in the entire universe is going to be in this tiny-ass little country? I, I hate it. I hate it. I've always hated it. It's a disaster. I wish we could just fast forward through this World Cup and get to the next one, which is in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. So, also, shout out to Canada for making the World Cup. They're the first time Canada's made the World Cup since 1986. So, shout out to Canada as well. Uh, 
I, I don't I don't like Mexico, but hey, they're in the World Cup either as well. So shout out to them as well, I guess. But um, yeah, so we're in the World Cup, England. I have a lot of family and friends in England who are English, uh, and they let's just say they've been talking a little spicy. They've, they've been talking a little spicy since this draw came out. Uh, our game against England is on November twenty fifth. It's Black Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving. So. Um, I've been talking a little spicy to those English fans that I happen to know. Uh, Tom Rennie, and uh, not to mention all my family uh, over in England. I've all been talking a little smack towards me and uh, all these United States men's national team fans. But hey, we can beat England. Listen to me, folks. We can beat England. I, I have confidence in these guys. These are the guys. That's what the shirt says. These are the guys. I have confidence in these guys. We're going to be sending out our strongest, 100% fully healthy squad. Going into this World Cup in guitar, led by Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams. I'm getting a Tyler Adams jersey, folks. I'm getting a Tyler Adams. Gio Reyna, Anthony Jedi Robinson. These are the guys, man. Serginho Dest. My message, if you are not really into soccer, but you're, you know, you're, you're planning to support the U.S. men's national team at this World Cup, get to know these guys, all right? These guys are fun. They're, they're lively. They're passionate about their craft. Get to know the U.S. men's national team a little bit, all right? These guys are young. Like, hey, 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 I got a Hamilton reference for you guys. Just like their country, they're young, scrappy, and hungry, and they're not going to throw away their shot. So I'm, I'm excited about the World Cup draw. And also, uh, I would like to close out March Madness as well. Uh, the tournament ended on Monday this week. Uh, I did not watch any of the title game, but I know Kansas won uh, coming back from a 15-point halftime deficit. Congratulations to them. Uh, that Duke-UNC game on Saturday was great. That was one of the best games I've ever watched. I have to be honest, I hate Duke and I hate UNC. I used to. I, I went to college in North Carolina. I used to live in North Carolina. I am not a huge... I, to me, everybody's always like, Duke is evil. Duke is the worst. Duke is the worst. I'm like, you ever met a UNC fan? UNC fans are like the most entitled, obnoxious people on the face of the earth. They actually like they invented basketball. Like, it's the most obnoxious thing ever. It's always a good day when Duke or UNC loses, in my opinion. And for, I mean, first off, I love that. I will say, though, I did love that game. That game was great. The Duke-UNC game it was a great, great matchup. One of the best rivalry games I've ever seen in any sport, really. But UNC ended up winning, just like they did in Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor. Uh, they send Coach K out with a bang. I've seen a few people say, like, like Jay Williams apparently said on ESPN, that they think Coach K might come out of retirement. That would be a load of crap, honestly. Coach K came out of retirement. He just got this great grand farewell tour. And um, it'd be a load of shit if Coach K came out of retirement, honestly. But I was really happy to see uh, Kansas won the national championship. Um, because I just don't like UNC, guys. I just really, really don't like UNC. So I was really happy to see the right team won. The right team won. Kansas won. Uh, and shout out to Lee. Lee Ulica won my bracket challenge this year. Uh, I sent Lee his gift card the morning after the national championship. Tuesday morning I sent Lee the gift card. And um, congratulations. Lee is a very deserving winner of the bracket challenge. I'll try and get him on an upcoming episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan to talk about his great victory. I think we're all very, very happy, very happy that Lee won the bracket challenge. I don't see why you wouldn't be happy that Lee won the bracket challenge. He deserves it. So um, congratulations to Lee once again. 
I, I think uh, Tristan came in second because he also had Kansas winning. So shout out to Tristan as well. There's no prize for second. But Lee got a $40 Amazon gift card, and I'm going to have him on the podcast hopefully sometime in the near future. So that just about wraps up March Madness. Is there anything else I need to talk about before we get into this great, great conversation with my man, Ethan Winter? Uh, Oh, yeah, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is back. Great, great. I mean, (laughs) all of a sudden, everybody cares about Tiger again because he's back. So... uh, Tiger's back at the Masters this weekend. I'm not a huge golf guy, but it would be a great story if Tiger were to go on a bit of a run here. But um, I don't see it coming off a heavy, heavy duty injury. Uh, to even the fact that he's even playing in the Masters is really impressive. So I mean, that's it's it's impressive for sure. Uh, let's see. It's Thursday afternoon. Has Tiger even teed off yet? Let's see. I'm trying to find – I'm not the best at reading scores. I don't want to go to ESPN+. Plus. I just want to know who how Tiger's doing. I just want to know, like, is it that complicated here? I, I guess he hasn't teed off yet at the time of this recording. But best of luck to Tiger Woods. Um, you know, I, I it's a huge deal whenever he does anything. But um, congratulations on, on coming back, I guess, you know, so quickly after – you know, a really, really bad injury. I mean, we, we thought we were concerned Tiger might not ever walk again, let alone play golf. So that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. All right. I think I've talked about the big stories that I want to get out of the way. It's time to talk baseball. Opening day. I'm recording this right now. It is Thursday. It is Thursday, April 7th. It's 2.33 in the afternoon. I'm getting ready to watch the Brewers play the Cubs. In the first game of the Major League Baseball season tonight, I'm going to watch the Nats versus the Mets. Um, so I'm excited that baseball's back. And I know Ethan Winter's excited that baseball's back as well. So uh, let's not delay this any longer, folks. Let's jump into today's conversation with the one and only Ethan Winter. Here we go. All right, for this special baseball preview edition, we are joined by a very good friend of mine, a sports writer, a new dad, and unfortunately, diehard Boston <laughs> sports fan across the board, the one and only Ethan Winters here. Ethan, how's it going, man? It's uh, going well. I'm excited for a new season. Yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, we, we were trying to figure out when we were going to record. We wanted to do a baseball preview, but then uh, we got we both got kind of lucky because obviously I'm a Yankees fan. Ethan's a Red Sox fan. They were supposed to play today, opening day, and uh, got rained out due to uh, the rain in New York. So they'll play tomorrow or the day this episode comes out on Friday. I'm looking forward to that very much. I'm sure you are too. Um, yep. We'll get to baseball and all that in just a minute. But before um, before we get to that, like I mentioned, uh, you are a new dad. Congratulations again. Thank uh, you. So I have to ask you, how is your first couple of weeks of fatherhood going? Uh, it's almost been a, a month now, actually. A month, it will be a month tomorrow. Um, uh, my little girl Nora came into this world, and it's uh, been uh, very surreal. Uh, but um, mom and baby very healthy, and we're all very happy. That's good. That's good. Congratulations again. Uh, really happy to hear about all this. It's great. Happy for you uh, and Becca as well. Congratulations to both of you. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's exciting times, and it's exciting times in baseball. Transition, it's yes. exciting times in baseball right now. <laughs> um, so we're going to go through division by division. 
Uh, we're gonna give awards too, and um, uh, Ethan and I just talked about this. I'm pretty much winging my awards, and I'm winging pretty much everything. But um, we'll give our World Series picks as well. Um, won't go through the whole playoffs. But uh, before we get into like division by division, I do want to ask you, Ethan, what you know? It was a long off season, obviously, with the lockout and everything. Um, we come out of it. There are a lot of changes to baseball. There's an expanded playoffs. Um, the runner on second base and extra innings looks like it's sticking for this year. There's designated playoffs, or excuse me, designated hitter, excuse me, designated hitter coming to the National League for the first time. It's a lot of different streaming services that fans now need to watch baseball. I guess, you know, the lockout sucks. We can both admit that. But what were your thoughts kind of on the lockout, how baseball handled it? Not well. And, um, <laughs> and then, uh, just your thoughts on these changes to baseball as we go into the 2022 season. Well, obviously the lockout was not great for growing the brand, uh, but I'm very happy that they were able to uh, come to an agreement. One thing that I was kind of disappointed about was the the players and the, and the owners' inability to institute a, a soft floor like they have the soft cap with the uh, luxury tax. Um, because I think that's the only way and the easiest way to dissuade tanking even more so than um, a, a lottery is to actually force these small market owners, small market, I put in air quotes, yeah. uh, because these owners, no matter what size media market they're in, can afford to pay players. And you got teams like the Oakland A's who haven't spent anything this off season and instead uh, sold off a, a, a playoff quality uh, roster. And now they're, I think I have them as probably the worst team in baseball yeah. along with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a really a shame. And John Fisher, the A's owner is one of the wealthiest donors in, uh, major league baseball is worth over a billion dollars himself. And now I know it's different in terms of net worth, as opposed to what they actually have in liquid assets, but still these owners can afford to play, pay their players. Uh, what they're worth and it's really really frustrating for fans and like going back to the A's they're trying to the A, the city of Oakland and um, and the state of California and, and that whole community is trying to build uh, momentum um, to build a new ballpark uh, in a Howard Terminal area of Oakland and when you got a team like the A's selling off Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, um, Manaya, uh, Manaya, and yeah. pretty soon Frankie Montas by the the trade deadline. It looks like um, that's that doesn't make fans want to invest. And uh, and now it's going to be partially uh, privately funded. The, the proposal for the Howard Terminal Ballpark, but still the, the community is going to be investing 
uh, a significant chunk of taxpayer money into that. And when you have uh, have a team like the A's selling off their all their good players, it's it's there's not an incentive for the community to invest in building a new ballpark. Um, and, and it's a shame. And, and really, I think forcing these teams to, and these owners to actually uh, pay their players and have a, 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 a payroll that is more than a single player's salary. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I think the A's or the Pirates have a, have a total payroll of, around 30, $35 million, which is yeah. less than what Max Scherzer is getting paid this year. Um, and, and also that's going to help in terms of make the game more more competitive. Like you're not yeah. going to have such a large disparity from the New York Mets, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Yankees, Red Sox of the world, and the A's and, and Pirates and Guardians uh, when you have – uh, a, a salary floor that will force teams to to invest in first force owners to invest in their teams um it, it's gonna narrow that gap in, in talent disparity and um and something that i was proposing that i want to see in terms of a soft floor and this is the last point that i'm going to make before we move on is to have a soft floor of $100 million salary um, and a cap, uh, a soft cap of around, I think, 250 I think this year it's like 235 and it's going to yeah. increase uh, incrementally over the next five years. Um, but uh, have a soft floor, and if the owner or a team fails to meet that floor for the for three consecutive seasons, then they start to lose um, the uh, portion of their revenue sharing. Yeah. Um, and if they fail to do that for five, conse- five consecutive years, then uh, there's going to be a vote to um, force an owner to sell the team because I've got no use for owners that fail to invest in their team. And the baseball needs more owners like a Steve Cohen, yeah, Uncle who, Steve, who's uh, who's willing to invest in their teams and put out a competitive product on the field. Yeah, I, I feel like Uncle Steve has kind of changed the game a little bit for the Mets with the way he's just kind of come in. Because like, the Mets, they used to be known as like a cheap franchise. And then right. also, Steve Cohen comes in, and they're like they're spending left and right. They spent forty three million dollars a year on. Uh, Max Scherzer just this offseason so I agree with you it sucks what's happening in Oakland um, right. the way they traded off all their players that really isn't going to help momentum for a ballpark plus not to mention in Oakland they've already lost the Raiders to Vegas they lost the Warriors to San Francisco across the bay just could be another team that leaves town for them so it's a, it's yeah. a tough look it's a tough look I think and you know I was you know I, I already said it I'm, was, I hated the lockout the lockout was in my opinion one of the worst things that could have happened. I mean, we're already coming off what happened in 2020 with the 60 game bullshit season (laughs) and to have a lockout less than two years after that at a time when, you know, kids are really latching on, I think to the NBA, to the NFL, Uh, this just hurts the game. In my opinion, it's Manfred and his gang. They're at it again. 
it, it's it, I'm, I'm glad it's over but i was really not a huge fan of the lockout and yeah it's, it's a disaster but before we move into the predictions i do want to talk about the expanded playoffs yeah. uh because um i'm still i i even texted you this earlier today i'm still not quite getting the expanded playoffs i i like it i, I get why they did it um i think you can explain it better than i can so can you just for, for the audience explain what the new MLB playoff format is looking like. Yeah, so um, personally, I kind of wanted to keep the number of teams, but maybe make the wild card round a best of three instead of a a one-game playoff. Uh, But I can live with adding a a sixth team to each league in in their playoffs, Uh, much better than what a 14 playoff would have been like which is uh, practically half, half the number of teams uh, already making the playoffs, and it's going to water down the product. Also, something that a lot of people don't realize is when you expand the number of playoff teams, it, it artificially um, suppresses player wages because mm. then owners don't have to pay as much in order to make the playoffs and get that postseason revenue yeah um and so that's why the players were vehemently opposed to expanding the the playoffs and during the cba negotiations um but i think having a, a 12 teams make the playoffs is a fair compromise but uh, back to what what the format is i explained it to you brian it's similar to what the old NFL playoff structure was like, which I think for the NFL was perfect. Uh, adding a seventh team, like so far the, the, the two years that they've had 14 teams uh, make the NFL playoffs, that, uh, that um, two seven matchup has not been very competitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, back to baseball, um, you got the, um, the, the team with the worst, the top two teams in each league um, have a bye. The team that won the division with the third, uh, the with the worst record, I guess, yeah. is the three seed. The worst division and, win. Right, exactly. And we'll play the third wildcard team. So the, the worst record that makes the playoffs. Um, or the, or the, the, it's complicated because the third team yeah. that makes the playoffs could be a division winner, but you, you get what yeah, I'm Yeah, you see why that. I'm confused. Right, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, very they, different. Right, yeah. The third, um, the wildcard team with the worst record. Um, and, and so then, um, and then you got four, the, the, the first wildcard team playing the second wildcard team. Um, and then uh, it recedes, and the worst remaining seed goes to play number one, and then um, number two plays the the second worst uh, remaining yeah. seed, um, or I guess the other remaining seed, the winner. Um, and so that's basically what it is. Um, the wild card round is a, is a best of three, uh, which I'm a fan of, and all mm-hmm. three games are at the higher seed, which I think makes perfect sense. It's kind of hard to fly back and forth re- uh, twice for a playoff series. Uh, 
especially for one that's so short. Um, yeah. And then ALD, uh, the LDS is the same number of games, five, best of five, LCS best of seven. Um, so I, that I, I'm a fan of. I'm excited for the, for the new uh, playoff format and see how it plays out. I thought the previous format was fine. Maybe make the wild card uh, round a best of three instead of a one-game playoff. But uh, I think uh, this is a good compromise, and, and I'm excited to uh, watch it play out. Yeah, I think if they had done the other proposal where they let teams pick their opponents, I would Yeah, not that was been, stupid. That would have been dumb. I would not have been a fan of that. And, uh, and also – and also, Max Scherzer's proposal of a ghost win is also stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think this is fine. I agree with you. I have no issues with this. I mean, I, I, know, I know some people who have issues with this. Um, but I, I mean, this, this, I, I, I agree with you. I think the wild card, honestly, should have always been a best of three with yeah. all the games. I, I like that. I like that with all the games at the home team's park. Um, I think they got the right number of teams, too. 12 is fine. Um, I, I think anything more than that would have been just too much. Then you're bordering on NBA and NHL territory where every right. team makes the playoffs pretty much. So I like this. I like, I, I am a huge fan of the universal DH as, as a Red Sox fan. I'm sure you're, you are too. Yeah. Uh, Cause the DH is better. I'm a huge fan of that change. So there was some good to come out of this lockout, but anyway, it's time for and, baseball. I, yeah. I say I'm ready to play. I, I'm ready to, you know, Spring training was kind of condensed this year, but I tried to watch as much of spring training as I could. Um, and I'm just ready for baseball. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you are too. So let's let's just jump into um, division by division. We're going to start with the American League East. We'll go east to west yeah. in both leagues, uh, starting with the AL East, which you and I both well, agree could be yeah. the <laughs> toughest division uh, in all of baseball. With we could there are four potential playoff teams here and the Orioles, um, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so, I, this yeah. division's this division's tough. The Orioles and their their fantastic new changes to Camden Yards, which I absolutely just love. Um, so okay, uh, a couple of things before we head into predictions, I do want to point out. Uh, I think pitch clock is very much needed. I think, agreed. I think it, I think it will come in to play next season. This year, it's gonna be at the minor league level, which already mm-hmm. had a pitch clock, but they're just gonna make it. Even shorter, 14, uh, no runners on, 19 seconds with uh, runners on base. I think a pitch clock was very much needed to kind of pick up the pace of play. It's not so much the length of the games. Of course, uh, I mean, no one wants to – as much as you and I love baseball, we don't want to watch a four-inning – a four-hour nine-inning game. Yeah. I mean, which we um, do quite a bit when the Yankees and Red Sox play. Right, Exactly. <laughs> But uh, having the pitch clock cuts down on the amount of dead time in between pitches, and uh, and I think it, it will. And there's been evidence that uh, in the minor leagues that a pitch clock has cut by as many as an average of 30 minutes uh, a game, which is nice. fantastic and is definitely moving in the right direction. Um, and also with the the limits on the shift. I think that will also benefit the game as well. It, um, I think it will in, increase the amount of hits, which I think um, is lacking. Um, I mean, a lot of the play has been 
all or nothing home run or strikeout, uh, which has elevated the importance of players like Joey Gallo. Who just that's say that's that sounds like Joey Gallo to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is does not make the game very fun. Um, I think it will help increase the amount of doubles and triples. Um, and the, the first to third or the second to home plays on, on base hits that has been severely lacking uh, the last few years. Um, so that I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to. Um, and lastly, with the, the changes at the Camden Yards, those dimensions look absolutely stupid. What are they doing? It makes no sense. There's nothing wrong with Camden Yards. There is nothing wrong with that yeah. place. And they are just making a dramatic change like this. I, I was talking to my friends who are Orioles fans about this. It just makes yeah. no sense at all. I'm sorry. I, I know I, I'm going off on a tangent here, but that's right. just so ridiculous. But, I mean, I get that they're, the, uh, they're frustrated with the Red Sox and the Yankees. Um continuously beating up on them by, by hitting bombs yeah. into left field. Um, Get better pitching. Yeah, exactly. Get better <laughs> pitching. And also, it works the other way, too, where now you're taking home runs away from Trey Cini and Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. So, I mean, just get better, pinch- get better pitching or, I, I don't know, maybe uh, – uh, uh, it might be a little bit more difficult without, uh, in terms of raising the wall, keeping the same dimensions. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the, that, it just looks stupid. I mean, they didn't even taper, taper it off. Uh, right. There's no ads or anything. It, it's, it's just, just like a, main wall. It's just, yeah, it's just a straight right angle. Uh, it looks terrible. Um, and... That's stupid. Another brilliant idea by the Angelos family. Yeah. Yeah. The Orioles, I'm not, like I said, not a huge fan of this. I love Camden Yards. I can't wait to get up there for a few games this season. Um, But that just makes no sense to me. It just makes no sense to me. And uh, so anyway. It looks very weird. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I, I, you know, I know that there's like a short fence at PNC park in Pittsburgh, but it just doesn't work here with Camden Yards. Like there was nothing wrong with the fence they had. So I don't know. But let, let's get into let's get into the predictions now. Uh, let's let's start in the American League East. Like I was saying, uh, four teams here that could potentially win the division. Honestly, they're, they're, they could all take it. There's a lot of hype around Toronto, the Yankees. I'll just say, like I, I as a Yankees fan, there's I mean I I try not to put too much stock into what people are saying on Twitter, but like there's a lot of people freaking out on Twitter because they didn't sign Freeman, they didn't sign Correa, they didn't sign Trevor Story. Um, but I, I mean, I just need to wait and see how this plays out. I, I, I think that, you know, Josh Donaldson had a great spring. So did Isaiah Connor falefa and all those guys. Just let, let the season play out and see how it goes instead of freaking out already. Tampa Bay, uh, you know, they, they're an interesting team. They won the division last year. They lost to your team in the playoffs, but they did win the division. Um, you know, they're, they're an interesting team. They just traded Austin Meadows this week which is an interesting move. I don't know why yeah. they give up one. That kind of reminds me of when they traded Longoria. Like, why are you trading one of your best hitters like that? Um, but as a Yankees fan, I am kind of glad he's out of the AL. Because <laughs> he killed us. Um, the Red Sox, like you, the, your team, um, they got Trevor Story this offseason. Uh, I have some concerns about their pitching, but they are a good team overall, I would say. And they can compete as well. And then, like, the Orioles. The Orioles are coming last. That's what I was saying. The yeah. Orioles are coming so how yeah. do you see how do you see the ALE shaping? I guess I'll ask you, 
as a Red Sox fan, what is your perspective of the Yankees this season? Because I see a lot of people freak, like I said, people are freaking out on Twitter and I'm just like in wait and see mode. So what is your perspective on the division, the Yankees and the whole thing? Um, so I, honestly, I think, I mean, clearly on paper and I know you don't win uh, World Series titles on paper, but clearly the, the Blue Jays, did the most to improve their team. And in terms of the Red Sox, Yankees, and Rays, they yes, all, all three of those teams made some moves, but I, I don't think any of the moves that were made really significantly improved their team, especially to the extent that the Blue Jays did. And so mm. I have the Blue Jays winning the AL East and also um, having the best record in uh, the American League at 98 and 64. And then with the Yankees, Red Sox, and Rays, I could see all three of those teams finish in some sort of uh, combination of two, two, three, or four in, yeah. in the division. Uh, because I, I view all three of those teams kind of on the same par as each other. Um, you mentioned the Red Sox uh, pitching. I mean, I like Nick Pavetta, but when he's their number two starter, that's not a great sign to see. Yeah. Um, and the Red Sox are kind of hurt with um, some injuries with um, Chris Sale that he's now out to June again uh, this year uh, with, a, with a fractured rib. Um, and so that first, you know, the first half of the season is going to be really interesting to see how the, how the Red Sox are able to do. And last year, the Red Sox had a really strong first half and that kind of carried them into the postseason. Um, the Red Sox will also be getting James Paxton back later on in, in the season as well as Chris Sale. Um, and so that will help uh, their pitching depth uh, in, in the rotation uh, in the second half of the season. Um, but I think the Yankees, after really kind of thinking about um, what they've added, and I think they made their roster a little bit better in terms of their lineup balance with the addition of Josh Donaldson, who's more of a – I mean, he certainly has home runs, but he's more of a uh, more complete hitter than a lot of the yeah. other hitters in their lineup. I think that addition will help the Yankees. I I have the Yankees finishing second behind the Blue Jays. And I know I was giving you shit earlier saying, oh, <laughs> I don't know if they'll, they'll. I just need to see third. it. I need to see it all right, in action. Right, exactly. I just need to see it all in action. Yeah. And honestly, I think really what kind of flipped the Yankees from, to, from third or fourth to second is the uh, Rays in terms of, yeah, they got Corey, they signed Corey Kluber, but. I mean, you saw it last year. The, the durability issues with Kluber, with his age and the, the stage of, of his career, um, there's durability issues. Um, and, um, and they also traded away Austin Meadows. And I think that right. really kind of flipped, flipped, had me flip them with the Yankees. And so are the, the Red Sox and Rays finishing a game of each other in uh, third and fourth, and, and I have the Red Sox finishing third and the Rays coming in fourth. 
Uh, but like you, I have all four of those teams making the making the playoffs. Yeah. And it's going to be another very highly competitive division. And for the second year in a row, you're going to see four teams with at least 90 wins coming out of the AL East. Yeah, I, I got to say, uh, as much as I, I, I need to see it with Toronto, as I've said a bunch already, yeah. um, they definitely loaded up this offseason to an already really good team. I right, yeah. This is the team that almost made the playoffs last season. I mean, they just kind of ran out of gas towards the end. But, I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a beast. And to add Matt Chapman and all those players to this lineup, um, they could be de- – I, I think you're right. I think Toronto is the favorite right now. Um, and, yeah, I, I could see all four of these guys making the playoffs. Um, but it's really a crapshoot. I mean, last year I, – I remember we did our predictions last year, and I thought the Yankees were going to win the AL East easily. And they ended up getting the second wild card and losing the wild right. card game. So, I mean, anything can happen. I, 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 with Tampa Bay, I honestly forgot they signed Kluber, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, you know, good for him. I guess it's another place for him to, to, um, to, you know, try and rebuild after a couple injury plague seasons, uh, even last year with the Yankees. So good luck to him. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think Toronto in first, I'll, I'll go the same. I'll go probably the same where I'll go Toronto Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, Orioles. I'll, I'll go with that order for the AL East. Um, all yeah. right. Let's, yeah, let's move and, into and again, uh, before we move on again, my order, Blue Jays at 98-64, winning the division. Yankees, 94-68. and 68. Red Sox, uh, 92-70, and 70 coming in third. And Rays, 91-71, and 71 coming in fourth. And then the Orioles, uh, 38 games out at 60-102. and 102. <laughs> <laughs> Tough times in Baltimore. I didn't write down my wins totals. I should have. I, I, I don't know why I didn't. I should have written down my wins totals. But I'll just give you who I think is going to win each division. So we'll move into the Central now. I think it's a little bit more competitive than it was last year. You have the um, the White Sox are the clear favorites. Uh, they won it last year, and they have a pretty loaded team uh, on the south side. But there are teams that can compete with them in this division. Minnesota went out and added Carlos Correa along with Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela in that trade with the Yankees. So, I mean, they're, they're looking interesting. They also made a trade today, didn't they? They made a trade with the Padres yes. as well for, uh, for Paddock. Uh, so yes. that's, that's an interesting trade as well for that adds pitching depth to a good team in Minnesota. They're a team to keep an eye on Detroit. Uh, the team Austin Meadows just went to, uh, I think there's another team to keep an eye on. They, they signed Javi Baez this off season. Uh, they're a young yeah, they, team, but they're, yeah. they're, they're good. Uh, I think they've got some talent overall. Kansas city is mostly kids. I know they have one of the top prospects in the league and wit, uh, and the, but mostly kids other than that and Cleveland guardians, uh, formerly the Indians, now the guardians, um, I don't really know what to expect from them. I know they've, they were selling off a lot of key pieces, but they just locked up Jose Ramirez for a really long-term uh, contract there. But um, I don't know what to expect from them. But I think the White Sox are going to take this thing. Um, and with, with Minnesota probably in second, if I had to guess, Detroit third, Cleveland fourth, KC fifth. What, what do you say? Uh, yeah, so I, I – have the White Sox uh, winning, winning the AL Central again. Um, I've been going 96 and 66, but like you, I mean, the Twins, they really had a disappointing season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some injury issues that they could never really overcome uh, after a slow start in the, in the first half of the season. Um, 
but they made a lot of key additions, Carlos Correa, uh, and then trading for AJ Paddock. Um, I have the, the Twins coming in second at 88 and 74. Um, and then the, the Tigers and Royals uh, coming in third and fourth. Um, they, they, um, I have the, the Tigers coming in third at 76 and 86. We mentioned picking up Austin Meadows. Uh, Javi Baez, which I kind of forgot about or, or didn't realize, and they also uh, signed uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who uh, was a Cy Young candidate a few years ago in, in 2019. Um, he, when he's on, he can be as good as anyone. Um, uh, watch after watching him pitch the last uh, few years with, with the Red Sox. Um, so. Uh, the key with him, though, is staying healthy. Uh, but I have the Tigers coming in third at 76 and 86. And then uh, the Royals – and also uh, the Tigers are another team, like the Royals that um, are kind of young. I mean, the, the Tigers got Spencer Torkelson, um, right. Casey Mize in, in their rotation. Um, and I think Torkelson's going to compete with – Bobby Wood Jr. Uh, with the Kansas nice. City Royals for uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Um, I have Bobby Wood Jr. Uh, winning the AL Roy um, and leading the Royals uh, to fourth place, uh, 74 and 88. I think the Tigers and Royals are really similar teams uh, that will finish pretty close to each other in the uh, Central. And then the Guardians, I know they have – uh, Jose Ramirez and, and Shane Bieber, but outside of them, I mean, who 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 do the Guardians have? So I have the yeah. Guardians uh, coming in fifth at seventy and ninety-two. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is the White Sox division to lose. They made the playoffs last season, um, and I believe the season before that as well, twenty twenty, the shortened right. season. Um, so, I mean, they, they're, they're experienced. Uh, they've got great bats led by Abreu. I can definitely see the White Sox um, honestly running away with this division again. I think you had them eight games ahead of the Twins, if my math is correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Minnesota made some moves for sure. I'm still honestly surprised that Carlos Correa went, to, went there. It's a crazy <laughs> contract. He's getting like $35 million a year from them, and he can opt out after every year. But I still think they'll fall a little bit short. But yeah, yeah, I think this is a, I think this will be the White Sox division overall. Uh, sucks for the Guardians though, coming in last place. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, sorry, anyway, Natalie. yeah, sorry, Natalie. Sorry, um, Cleveland is not going to be the reason this year, uh, <laughs> at least in baseball. Um, anyway, anyway, let's move over to the West. Uh, I think this one's pretty easy. Although I will say, I think Seattle can surprise. Um, they went on a great run towards the end of the season last year. I, I was rooting for them. I was my ideal dream would have been the Yankees get the first wild card and the Mariners get the second because I was rooting for them to get into the playoffs, but uh, that's not what happened and they fell just a little bit short. But they 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 definitely have some young talent. I believe they also just called up one of their top prospects in Julio Rodriguez, so uh, that's exciting for him. But really, even with the loss of Correa, I, I still gotta go with yes to win this division i mean they, they're still a really talented team um it's i i i, I it's until jose altuve leaves it's, i just don't see this them losing this division um so i've got the astros in first 
the Mariners in second. Like as I like what they did last season, but I've got the Mariners in second. I and it's tough between LA and uh, t- the Angels and Texas for third. Texas made some nice moves this off season. They signed Corey Seager and they signed Marcus Simeon. That could be enough to push them over the Angels for third place in the division. In my opinion, I never trust the Angels. I don't know why they have two of the best players on planet Earth in Otani and Trout, yet they can never seem to find their way into the playoffs. So I'll go with Texas coming in third uh, and the Angels coming in fourth. And we already talked about the A's. They had to trade pretty much all their key assets this offseason. So they are pretty uh, bare bones right now in Oakland as they gear up for another rebuild. So I will go. I will go Astros, Astros in first, uh, Mariners in second, Rangers in third, Angels in fourth, Oakland in fifth. What say you? Yeah, I have the Astros. I mean, winning the division. They've got uh, Justin Verlander coming back uh, this year. And they're just kind of, they're kind of like, I mean, they're, the, they've, they're, the, they're just the top dog in yeah. that division until someone else says otherwise. I think while I have the Mariners uh, coming in second and just missing the, the playoffs for a second straight year and missing the playoffs for how many years has it been now? 20? Since 2001. Uh, so, yes. yeah, the, the year they broke the wins season. Too. Yeah, the, the, for the 21st season in a row. Yeah. Um, but my, uh, I would not be surprised to see the Mariners making that jump and leapfrogging the Astros this year. Um, so, I mean, I, that's something that I'm rooting for. I would love to see the Mariners uh, make the playoffs for the first time in 21 years and, and knock out the Astros. Um, but I'm just, I just have to go with the the Astros until someone else says otherwise. But I do love what the Mariners have been doing the last couple of years. Um, I think they're definitely going to compete for a postseason berth. But once again, with that uber tough uh, AL East, I think they just missed the cut. Uh, but I still have the Mariners winning 90 games again this season. And then I have the Angels, uh, even though with Otani and, and Trout, uh, I mean, it, health is going to be key for the Angels with Mike Trout. Um, but even if he does still stay healthy, I don't think the Angels have enough. As I'm finishing in third at 86 and 76. And then with the Rangers, they're, yeah, they're not, last year they were one of the worst teams in baseball. This year they're, they're making, they make a big step and, and um, be competitive with the signing of Corey Seager. I think that will help boost them. But, I mean, you need to make – yeah, yeah, and Simeon, too. Uh, that's a solid middle infield right there um, with uh, Seager and Simeon at short and second, respectively. Uh, but I don't think the Rangers will have enough. I have them coming in for that 78 and 84, which is more respectable. Still mediocre. I think they got to fix that their pitching staff. I think that's the next thing that they have to do uh, next offseason. Um, but I see them finishing in fourth at 78 and 84. And then mentioned that A's um, selling off uh, all their parts. Um, 
and I have them finishing uh, 15 and 104 uh, in last place in the AL West. Yeah, it's going to be hard to be worse than the Orioles, but I think the A's might find a way to get it done this year. Um, and, and, and going back to the Orioles a little quick, I mean, they've got some pieces with Mount Castle. I think they'll start to too. slowly – and Mullins, he's a great player. I think they'll I start Collins. to slowly see – uh, the Orioles start to make some strides uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, uh, we'll move over to the National League now. Uh, first time ever the DH is coming to the National League, which, like I said, I'm stoked about. We're already seeing you – know, we've seen teams like the Nationals sign Nelson Cruz, the Cardinals reunited with Albert Pujols. I think the DH is going to make the National League a lot better. Uh, Kyle Schwarber signed with the Phillies. Like, I, I, I think there's a lot of – Hey, I'm excited for more offense in the National League instead of seeing pitchers go up there, look at three strikes, and head back to the bench. So we'll start in the National League East, which is home. This is going to be an interesting division. Uh, it's home to the defending World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves. Obviously, they beat the Astros in the World Series last year. The Mets have made a lot of moves. They signed Max Scherzer. They signed Cattell Marte. Or not, what's his name? They signed some Marte, something Marte. Uh, an Escobar. Uh, Starling Marte? I think it was Starling Marte, wasn't it? I could be yeah. wrong. And Mark Canna. I know for a fact they signed Mark Canna. Um, Another eight pass off. The eight, yeah. Marte and, and Canna. Yeah, Mets made some moves. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are hyping up the Mets. Last time I checked FanDuel, the Mets were the favorites in the NL East, and their over-under was at like 90 wins. So a lot of people are hyping up the Mets, but we're already seeing – I mean, DeGrom is out until June. Scherzer, opening day for the Mets. They're playing the Nats tonight in D.C., and Scherzer's out. He's got a hamstring issue. So they're already dealing with injuries over there. They're two most important players, I should add. Um, so I, I think the Phillies could make some noise as well. Uh, they've, they've added not only – I mentioned Schwarber, who's going to be their D.H., but Nick Castellanos uh, is a great hitter. We all know about, you know, tragic stuff always seems to happen whenever Nick Castellanos is around. But um, he, he, um, he's a great hitter. <laughs> You're a man of faith, Ethan Winter. You're a man of faith. But anyway, Nick Castellanos is um, a great addition to this Phillies lineup that already has Bryce Harper in it. So, and um, what's his name? Um, who's the guy I'm thinking of? JT Real Beauty. And Reese Hoskins. There we go. Um, and then um, uh, those are the three teams. I mean, the Braves, Freeman's gone, but Matt Olson is in. So, I mean, that's like um, – I mean, I think almost Matt Olson could be almost better than Freeman. Like, dare well, I say it. He's certainly younger. I yeah. Think, I think Freeman still is a better overall offensive player. I think uh, Olson last year for the Mets only hit like 258. Um, but he does have power. And – as, as I mentioned before, is younger than uh, Freeman, and so he's still got some time to really kind of hit or get into his uh, prime of his career. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm excited to see what he does for the Braves, uh, who, like I said, are coming off a World Series championship. Uh, and then the, bo the bottom two teams in this division are really bad. The Nationals are rebuilding. Uh, after their World Series title in 2019, they pretty much traded everybody, and uh, they're back to square one again. So uh, I don't expect the Nationals to make a ton of noise this season. Sorry to all my friends in D.C. Uh, sorry to all my friends who are Nats fans in the Marlins, although they did sign Jorge Soler this offseason, um, are still, I, I would say, they're, they're either going to finish in fourth or fifth in this division. It's tough to say, but I will go 
I, just because I really don't want to pick the Mets to win this division, uh, I am going to go with the Braves to win it again. Uh, and I will go with the Phillies to also get a wild card spot. Because uh, I, I like what they've done to their lineup. Although there are, I believe they have some pitching concerns. I still think the Phillies have enough in their lineup to maybe make some noise this season. Then I'll go with the Mets in third place. Sorry to Pat Stein and sorry to Uncle Steve. I'll go with the Marlins in fourth and the Nats in fifth. What do you got, Ethan? Um, before Jacob DeGrom went on the shelf, I had the Mets as winning the ALE or yeah. NL East. I, I will but, say I had them definitely doing better before I found out yeah. DeGrom. But since that news has come out, um, I have the, the Braves uh, repeating as NL East champions uh, at 96 and 66. And then I have the Mets uh, coming in second at 94 and 68 because, I mean, we all know about their pitchers. Uh, DeGrom, even though he's injured right now uh, until June. And then uh, you have Max Scherzer. Um, they, the Mets still have a pretty good line, lineup with uh, Dom Smith, uh, uh, Pete Alonzo, and I still can't believe it, but Michael Conforto is still not signed yet. Yeah, I know. Um, but, uh, I mean, the Red Sox should, should, uh, hop on that because I don't feel comfortable with Jackie Bradley Jr. playing every day, um, just from an offensive standpoint. Um, anyway, back to the NL East. Um, so I have the Mets coming in second at 94 and 68. The Phillies have made a lot of additions on the offensive side of the ball, but they, uh, they've kind of forgotten about the uh, the pitching aspect yeah. of baseball. And, um, the, I mean, the Phillies have a, a tremendous lineup, but, I mean, who else do they have in the pitching staff aside from Austin Nola, who's a, uh, a, a great pitcher? Um, I mean, that, that's a big question mark that I have for the Phillies. So, I have them at third at 86 and 76. Um, and then uh, the Nationals and Marlins. I mean, as bad as the Nationals are, are they still have um, surprisingly uh, uh, the cons- NL MVP consensus coming into this year. And uh, Juan Soto, um, free Juan Soto, but he just signed a, a large <laughs> Uh, contract extension, so that won't happen anytime soon. Um, and, and then I have the Marlins uh, coming in uh, fifth at 72 and 90. But I have heard a lot of good things from the Marlins. They have a, a great young pitching staff, at, and uh, they could be a surprise team uh, this year. Um, but right now I have them coming in fifth. Yeah, they've been freed from the clutches of Derek Jeter, and now they're uh, now they're back. Honestly, I I don't think uh, Jeter was, was the problem. Yeah, uh, for the Marlins, I think he was just taking marching orders from ownership. Uh, is it still Jeffrey Loria? No, no, no. It's, they sold it to the group. Oh, right, Loria sold it. Yeah, but uh, but. Um, I heard the reason why uh, Jeter quit is because he he was fed up with the uh, the other managing partners of, of the Marlins and was had enough of this bullshit of 
not really competing and just kind of collecting the money. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I don't think Jeter was really the problem. Obviously I'm, I'm biased because I, I love the guy, but I, I don't think it was really the issue in Miami. I think it's just, at, I, I don't think it's a good baseball market and they've got all kinds of issues. So, you know, if the Yankees, yeah. if the Yankees hint, 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 wanted to give Derek Jeter a role in the front office, hint, 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 I would not be opposed to that <laughs> at all, honestly. Um, so if they want to, they want to get that done, I'd be okay with that. But um, to, to be honest, I, though, it's really surprising that Miami isn't a great baseball market uh, because, I mean, you got uh, the, the Cuban influence there, Puerto Rican influence yeah. coming coming in uh miami and they've had and you get so many world series too right so it's exactly. like they haven't had chances it's not like they haven't had chances right to capitalize yeah. on this market i've always been skeptical of south florida as a sports market because i know yeah. like, the heat don't sell out games and neither do the dolphins and like yeah so i've always and, been skeptical yeah. of that market but and yeah. and also you got so many great players that major leaguers that come out of South Florida and Florida in general. Yeah, it's a, the same thing with the Rays. I think their ballpark is in a, a bad location, and it's, yeah. it's not easy to get. Their to ballpark's it. just bad. Period. Uh, but, right. Exactly. And yeah, uh, but if you look at the uh, regional TV markets and, and the, their ratings, the Rays, that Tampa St. Pete um, market is actually has actually has one of the highest. Um, viewerships in major league baseball so it's not like the rays don't have any fans it's that the ballpark kind of stinks and is in a bad location yeah i agree i just want to clarify one thing you said uh, a little bit earlier before we move on to the nl central uh juan soto actually has not signed an extension yet okay Uh, i know a lot of that he did all right like like yankees fans with aaron judge i know a lot of nats fans who are hoping juan soto signs a huge, huge contract extension but he has not signed that yet uh, Red, we'll Red see Sox fans too with Rafael Devers. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. That he protected his contract. So yeah, it's there's all fan bases all over the place are hoping their their stars stay with the team. But um, anyway, we'll, we're done with the NL East now. Uh, let's move over to the Central. Milwaukee won this last year, um, but I, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping for like a last dance type thing with St. Louis, where they go on a bit of a run with with Pujols and Yachty and Wainwright. And they've got some talented players other than him. Uh, the rest of this division does not really impress me at all. You've got the Cubs, who are rebuilding, basically, at this point. They traded away Rizzo and Bryant during last season, and now they're back to square one. The Reds are trading everybody except Joey Votto, it seems like. Um, I know their fans are really fed up with their ownership as well right now, and the Pirates are the Pirates. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't see them doing much better either. So I think this is between Milwaukee and St. Louis. I'm going to go with Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, I'm going to go with St. Louis. I'm going to go with the Cardinals to win this division with Milwaukee coming in second. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess Cubs third, Reds fourth, Pirates fifth. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this, that as good as the AL East is, I think the NL Central is that. Yeah, agreed. Um, I have zero teams winning 90 games in this division. I have the Brewers winning the division at 88 and 74, but I would not be surprised to see um, the Cardinals kind of make a run like they did last year. Uh, But the issue with the Cardinals I have is I think as great as it would 
for you to see Wainwright, Yachty, Pujols make one last run in the postseason, which, by the way, for Pujols, it's kind of been sad because for all those years he was with the Angels, I think he might have made the playoffs once with them. Yeah, just once, yeah. Um, so he's he's been lacking from October baseball the last few years. Um, I would not be surprised to see the Cardinals win the division, but I think um, they're just a little – they're too old uh, at this yeah. point. And, and really the health of um, Wainwright and uh, Pujols are kind of concerning to me uh, looking at the Cardinals. I think it does help that the DH allows Pujols to come back and, and only play – and only hit that will say some wear and tear, but – um, that's my question mark for them. And I think the only way that the Cardinals can make the playoffs is if they win the division. But I, I just have the Brewers repeating uh, this year. I, I expect uh, Christian Yelich to kind of bounce back after yeah. uh, two down years. Um, and then I have the Cubs. Uh, I have the Cubs doing better than I think some people might have expected just because they've added, say, uh, Suzuki. Um, Garcia, uh, when he hits a home run, uh, um, uh, so I have the Cubs coming in third at 78 and 84, and then the Reds, who surprisingly and, and very disappointingly, after having a playoff caliber roster the last two years, kind of sold their parts as well, too, and um, are kind of rebuilding when they it's been really seem necessary going into the season uh, or off season. And so uh, the Reds coming in fourth at 76 and 86. And then, like you said, Brian, the Pirates are the Pirates, like the Orioles are the Orioles. Um, I have the Pirates coming in last at 56 and 106. Yeah, I don't think there's too much really to add on this division. I actually just turned on uh, the Cubs-Brewers game is actually the first game of the day today, and I just turned it on. It's about to get underway at Wrigley, so I'll see how that game goes. I don't really have too much to add on this division, but I am hoping, you know, for a nice kind of last season. I, I have a feeling that Pujols already said this is his last season, but I, I have a feeling Wainwright and Yachty will probably hang it up along with him after this year. So I would like St. Louis to go on a nice run and win this division. So that's why I'm picking them. And then finally, our, our last division here, we have the NL West. Uh this division last year was, you know, really top heavy. You had the Dodgers and the Giants both making the playoffs. The Giants won, I believe, 108 or something games. 107. 107 games. That's a great season for them. But the Dodgers were the ones who knocked them out in the playoffs after all that. Um, so, I mean, these two teams hate each other. That was a great playoff series last year between them. I expect it to be them top two again in this division. I could see the Padres possibly snagging one of the wild card spots. Now that there are three wild card spots um, per league, I could see maybe the pot, maybe the Padres getting in there, but they're already, we were actually talking about this before we started recording. There's already some injury concerns. Tatis, we've had a motorcycle accident or something, and he's out for the first couple of weeks of the season. So that's a tough blow. He's obviously one of the most exciting players in the game when he is healthy. Um, but he does have a lot of injury issues for sure. And you've got Machado as well over there on the Padres. And then 
Yeah, the last two teams in this division this division, I mean I I the Rockies, even though they signed Chris Bryant, um I, I don't expect them to be very good. They did lose Trevor Story in the process. So you I mean, it's just weird. Why would they pay for Chris Bryant but not Nolan Arenado? Like I don't <laughs> Or I, I, or Trevor Story. Or Trevor Story. Like it <laughs> makes no sense. Like, what are you doing, Rockies? But I don't see them. I have them in fourth and I've got the Diamondbacks. Uh, not much to add there. Could be one of the worst teams in the league. So I've got them in last. So I will go the Dodgers I'll, with getting Freeman. I mean, they're all, they would add a loaded team, even if they didn't sign Freddie Freeman. It's like, it's one of those weird things where the Dodgers can add like anybody, but they still already have a loaded team, even if they didn't. So, I mean, Freeman's going to be good for them, but I, I still, even if he wasn't there, I would have picked the team to win the division. So I'm going with the, Do- the Dodgers to win this division, probably a hundred, North of 100 wins again, with the Giants coming in second, getting a wild card spot, and I'll go with the Padres also getting a wild card spot. So I even cut, score at home. I've got the Phillies, Dod, uh, excuse me, Phillies, Giants, and Padres as my wild card teams in the NL, uh, and I've got the um, the Don, I'm sorry, the Rockies in fourth, and the Diamondbacks in fifth. So what are your thoughts on this division, Ethan? I mean, last year this division, uh, the division race between the Dodgers and Giants was as exciting as the um, wild card race in the American League yeah. last year. Um, and it's, I think the Dodgers won maybe 105, 106 games last year, and it still wasn't enough as the Giants won 107 to win the division. Um, I mean, it's hard to. For the second for a second straight year to keep that same pace. I mean, we saw saw the drop off even with the essentially the same team in 2019 with the Red Sox a year after winning 108 games uh, to keep that same level of health and production uh, even with the same team. So anyway, uh, without further ado, with the at the Dodgers, I think they made the additions. And they to win 108 games this year. Uh, they needed to win 100 game, eight games last year to win the division. I have them winning 108 games this year to win the division um, uh, at 108.54. Uh, the Giants coming in second um, with a, with a slight drop off, uh, 11 game drop off. So I have them going 96 and 66. Coming in second, and then I have the Padres in third at 88 and 74. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the Rockies just being weird. Uh, not really setting, showing a, a, a direction that the team is focused on going on. Uh, I, so I have them coming in fourth at 72 and 90, and then the Diamondbacks at 64 and 98 in fifth. All right, so that, that just about does it for the divisions. I mean, like, I don't really need to add anything else in the NL West. Yeah. Um, it's a great division with the – I mean, it's very top-heavy, um, but we'll, we'll see how it shapes out. Um, we've been going for over an hour, so very quickly. We might as well get into the awards. We'll very quickly get into the awards. Why don't we just combine it? We'll just combine yeah. it here. Awards and World Series picks. You go first. What are your What do you got for awards? And just World Series. Who you got in the World Series and who you got winning? All right, so – I have. I feel like Vlad Guerrero was robbed of a MVP last season, so I have them him winning MVP again this season. 
as amazing as Otani is, and I think people think uh, he's going to make another jump uh, this year. Um, but I mean, Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. should have been MVP last year. Mm-hmm. If the Blue Jays had won or made the playoffs last year in the wild card, he probably would have won it. Um, so I'm going to go with Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's the best player on the best team in the American League. Um, and then in the NL, um, and a team that has four former MVPs, they're going to have another MVP, Freddie Freeman. I have him as the NL MVP. Um, AL Cy Young, I have Robbie Ray repeating, going from Toronto to a pitcher-friendly park in Seattle. Um, and then even though uh, Scherz is missing his start tonight, uh, I have him. Uh, winning the NL Cy Young Award for the Mets, um, and then uh, and then uh, for my World Series picks, of uh, the Blue Jays coming out of the American League, and then the Dodgers coming out of the National League with the Dodgers beating the Blue Jays in six games. All right. Um, so let's see. Where do I start? Also, also, sorry. Uh, I have Bobby Witt. Winning the AL Rookie of the Year. Um, do you have anybody for the NL, or you just didn't do enough research on that one? Yeah, I, I, I think it's the NL. Um, I do think also the uh, AL MVP race is going to be very close this year. I mean, we mentioned Otani. Also, can't forget about Trout. Um, I also think uh, Rafael Devers is going to put his name into that conversation this year as well. Yeah, and I'm hoping Aaron Judge does as well for the Yankees. But I agree with yep. you. I think Vlad was – I think Vlad could have won it any – like last year, Vlad had had the season he had last year. Any other season he wins that award. But uh, I think this is the year – I agree with you. I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. takes it home uh, and wins the NL MVP – or the AL MVP, excuse me. In, in terms of uh, NL MVP, I'm going to stick – I'm going to go with the same team. I'm going to grab one of those former MVPs you had as well. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts winning the NL MVP from the Dodgers, uh, having another great season for L.A. Uh, AL Cy Young Award, I know he did not have the best season last year. Um, I mean, he was good. He was great, but, like, it was kind of not really the Garrett Cole season we expected. But either way, I think he bounces back this year. So, I, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I will take <laughs> Garrett. I, I will take Garrett Cole to win the AL Cy Young. I'll go with Walker Bueller to win the NL Cy Young. Um, I'll go with Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners, their top prospect. He just got called up. He is my AL Rookie of the Year. And like you, I don't know enough about NL rookies (laughs) to to pick an NL Rookie of the Year. Um, And that's pretty much it for award. I don't – Manager of the Year. Who's the Toronto manager? What's his name? Is it – who's the Toronto manager? Charlie Montoya. Montoya. Charlie Montoya will be my manager of the year in the AL and in the NL. I'll go with Joe Girardi because I think the Phillies are going to make the playoffs uh, as a wild card. So I'll go with Joe G in that one. And in terms of World Series matchup, I am going to go with the Chicago White Sox versus the Dodgers, the Dodgers winning in six games. That is my World Series prediction for 2022. Uh, Ethan, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, Before you sign off, I'll give you a chance here. Do you have anything you want to add on? The Celtics, the Patriots, the Bruins, any other Boston teams you want to add on before you sign off? Yeah, sure. I'll uh, also I'll mention uh, AL Manager of the Year. I, I'm going to go with Scott Service. He should have won it last year over 
um, Kevin uh, Kevin Cash, who yeah. I think is a great main manager, but at this point, like I feel like people just pick him um, out of default instead of actually looking at the other managers who have strong cases uh, as well. And and then in the uh, NL, I want to uh, I want to go with uh, the Mets manager. <laughs> Buck Showalter. Uh, yeah, Walter. Um, Buck Showalter, yeah. Buck, Buck Showalter. So, uh, yeah, that, that's it. And uh, But with the Celtics, I think uh, at this point, the uh, Celtics are, even with Rob Williams uh, getting injured and um, probably missing the first round, I think the Celtics um, should be among the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference this year. Uh, their turnaround has been incredible. Um, they have the best, they finally, Ime Udoka finally found the rotation that works. Um, and, uh, their defense is, has been incredible. Um, and I think Jason Tatum, uh, if he doesn't win the MVP, he should be in the top three, uh, at least. And I think, um, Marcus Smart, he's already getting uh, – he should, um, I think, be a defensive player of the year. Um, of course, I'm biased yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Ime Yudoka uh, also should, should be up for consideration for coach of the year too just because of the turnaround. I mean, yeah. at the turn of the new year, there's a question would this team even make the play-in game, and now – they're the second seed in the Eastern Conference, um, about to uh, clinch a division. Um, and a, a lot of teams are, are, for some reason, a lot of the top teams in the Eastern Conference are, are don't want to play the Nets. Um, yes, the Nets. Yeah, I, I mean, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving um, available are – a force to be reckoned with. I'm not taking them lightly at all, but just play, just try to get the best seed that you can. Whatever happens in the play-in games happens. You'll play whoever you play. But um, I think the the way that the Celtics are structured now and the roster that they have now, I I think that they match up better against the, the Nets than they did this uh, earlier this year or even last year. Um, I mean, the, the Nets have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but if they can't stop anyone from scoring, like, what's that going to do? Um, so yeah. I, I'm not concerned about the Nets at all. And, and I think anything less than an Eastern Conference finals appearance for the Celtics this year after their turnaround uh, would be a disappointment. But I... Uh, the Celtics are a force to be reckoned with um, right now and yeah. um, should be among the favorites uh, to come out of the Eastern Conference and even maybe uh, win the NBA Finals. But, I mean, defense wins championships and the Celtics uh, – and also the Celtics have been blowing out contenders yeah. during this stretch too. I mean, they blew out, I think, Golden State by like 20 in San Francisco. 
They blew out the Bulls by 20 in Chicago last night. Um, they've, I think they've even blown out the, the Sixers and the Bucks at points this season. So, yeah. I mean, their offense is clicking. Their defense is, a, is stout, and that's a recipe for a, a championship team. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I, even though I'm not a Celtics fan by any right. means, I have, I have to say I am. Very impressed with what they've done in the second half of the season. I think Ime Udoka, I actually agree with you. I think he should get some consideration for coach of the year. I'd have to look at the odds. Not win I, it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think he's a strong, strong contender for that award. And Tatum has been great. I mean, Tatum's been really on a hot streak for the last two, three months. He just looks like he's on an unstoppable roll right now. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. The Celtics are a team I would not want to play in the playoffs this year. Um, I am not scared. I, I say this as a Knicks fan who lost to the Nets last night, <laughs> but uh, blowing a lead, too, I should add. 16-point lead. 21-point lead, wasn't it? So, yes, yeah. Uh, 16 at halftime. But, um, yes, uh, I, I do not personally – I think the Nets are overrated. I think they're they're cocky. For no apparent reason, I, I don't. You're the eight seed right now. Like, what are you, like, congratulations, guys. Like, like, calm down, Nets. Um, so I would love to see them get knocked out. I don't care who it's by. I know everybody's talking about the Nets are the team you don't want to face, but I think the Nets are right there for the picking in the NBA right now. I, I do not. I really have not. I I don't see them going far in this playoffs. I, they've been disappointing just like the Lakers were not to the extent that the Lakers were disappointing right. this season, but definitely disappointing for a season for the Nets overall, the way it's all gone down with all the Kyrie Kyrie drama as well. This hasn't been worth it for the Nets, but um, anyway, we, I, I think we're just about out of time here, Ethan, but anyway, I appreciate you joining me, man. I'm excited for the baseball season starts in literally just a few minutes. It's about to start. I'm about to watch Cubs Brewers. So um, I'm excited for baseball season. Thank you for joining me, Ethan. Let's go, Yankees. Have a good one, man. <laughs> Let's go, Red Sox. See you, dude. Yeah. Always good to talk to Ethan Winter, especially about some baseball. So uh, thank you to Ethan for joining us on today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Wish I'd wrote down my predictions. That probably would have been a good idea. I was pretty much doing it straight from the dome. But um, always good to have Ethan Winter on the podcast. And I'm sure he'll be on throughout the baseball season as we work our way through it. 162-game slog of a season that it always is. So uh, stay tuned for more of that for sure. Um I'm looking forward to uh, just basically just my last final thoughts here before I sign off on this episode. You know, let's go Yankees. That's, like I say, peace, love, and Yankee baseball, baby. Uh, I'm looking forward to that first game tomorrow, uh, 1 o'clock. And I guess you guys will be hearing this on Friday, so it'll be today. So for, uh, so first first pitch is today at 1 o'clock, Yankee Stadium. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I wish, you know, I, I saw they made some changes to Yankee Stadium they got rid of the hand-operated scoreboard in the outfield, which I don't like. Oh, that kind of gave the ballpark a retro feel that I always liked, but they replaced it with some advertising boards. And you know the Yankees, guys. If there's a chance to be made, to make some money, the Yankees are going to take it. Uh, that appears to be what's happened here. So uh, 
I, I don't like that, but uh, I am looking forward to this season. Um, I do think it has you know a lot of potential for the Yankees. Could go, I, I think they could go on a bit of a run, but um, we'll see, guys. We'll see. So get ready for baseball season. Uh, no matter what team you root for, uh, I hope you come back to the sport after, as Ethan and I detailed, a pretty terrible lockout. <laughs> It really sucked. That lockout really blew, guys. Like, that lockout really sucked. That was really definitely not something that baseball needed right now. But, um, hey, we got through it. We have baseball today. We have baseball tomorrow. We have baseball until October, basically. We should have baseball pretty much every day from here until October. So that's pretty awesome, guys. That's pretty awesome. We, we made it. We made it. So, um, anyway, I'll wrap up this episode. I'm going to try and do an episode next week. I have a day off in the middle of the week next week on Wednesday. So I'm going to try and record something then. Uh, maybe that'll be when I have Lee on. I got to talk to Lee. I would love to have Lee on uh, to discuss his bracket win. Maybe talk about some of the moves the Bucks have made. Tom Brady retiring and unretiring. So could be a good time to have Lee on. So I'll reach out to him pretty soon. And, um, yeah. I appreciate everybody for listening to this episode. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Follow us on social media. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Upon further review with Brian Brennan. Uh, we out, guys. Have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you next time.